Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Aryaka Dreamers and Doers podcast, where we invite thought leaders, experts, and practitioners from all over the world. This is Shashi Kiran, your host, and I'm very privileged to have with me today, joining us all the way from the Philippines, Michael Rivera, who's the President and Chief Operating Officer of ProView Global, or PBG. Now, PBG um, is a company that was founded almost 60 years ago, and they aim to create a better way to administer benefits at a lower cost without sacrificing quality. And they've got tremendous experience in administering employee benefits, along with a very deep domain expertise in leveraging technology-based solutions to do that. So with that, Michael, welcome. Well, thank you, Sashi. Thanks for having me. Probably one of the best introductions for Provi Global I've ever heard. Appreciate you inviting me. It's always an honor to talk to a company that's been around dealing with employees for almost 60 years, you know, so that's our pleasure and privilege. Before we kick things off, could you talk about PVG in your own words and perhaps share with our listeners what exactly you do there? We are a U.S.-based business process outsourcing company. We provide knowledge process outsourcing services, specifically to the employee benefits administration industry. So we serve employee benefits administration companies, insurance brokers, and technology companies that provide solutions to the employee benefits administrators. What we do is we build customized, dedicated, captive teams to complement our clients' own service centers and help them scale their operations. I think for most of your listeners, they've heard of outsourcing or offshoring or business process outsourcing. And traditionally, that is used for transactions-based activities. And while we do that, what we're a little different is we actually do knowledge processing. So uh, Sashi actually call that sort of above-the-shoulder type work. But that is what we do. It's very niche, but we provide an invaluable service to uh, these organizations. I, I, I like to kind of dig into that a bit. First of all, business process outsourcing or BPOs and this terminology that you used about knowledge uh, process outsourcing, perhaps you can get a bit into that. And also in these contexts, Philippines has been a bit of a shining star in the industry. So what do you think is the reason for that? I'll answer your first uh, follow-up question first. I'll give a contrast between what I call transactional work and knowledge process work. So transactional work is, let's say you are processing claims. You're adjudicating claim following a distinct set of process steps or workflow. Knowledge work is you're trained very specifically on the why this has to happen and you apply more cognitive analytical skills, such as underwriting or benchmarking. Those are the types of activities that we actually do for our clients. But you raise an interesting point around the Philippines being one of the most popular locations for outsourcing. And, And I think, Sashi, there are three reasons for this. One, The Filipino culture is one that has a natural desire to serve and care for others. You know, one of the reasons why the best nurses, in my personal opinion, are Filipino nurses. 
hope you never have to find out, right? <laughs> but if you do, I hope you end up with a Filipino nurse and you'll understand. Second is the Filipino's affinity to the American culture, you know, from movies to music to food and even taste in clothing. So in a way, a lot of Filipinos feel connected to the American culture. Third, most Filipinos tend to have an intrinsic positive viewpoint and a high level of resiliency. So if you think about the combination of these things, when it comes to highly repetitive, perhaps labor-intensive transactional work and even knowledge work, and think about it in voice support operations, these traits, I think, make a remarkable difference. Well, Michael, my wife is in the healthcare industry, and we come across a lot of Filipinos in the healthcare and nursing profession, and I can totally relate to what you're saying there, because they kind of demonstrate empathy, which is a very important trait, whether it be in healthcare or in administering benefits for employees. Right, right. It's it's also, I think, a culture and a people thing in some ways. So how do you go about attracting the right kind of talent Mm. to deliver on these knowledge process outsourcing initiatives? And after that, I want to maybe dig a bit into the technology stack, because what you mentioned about analytics, mm-hmm. I want to draw a correlation between the people and then, you know, the technology elements associated with it. Sure. Gosh, people or talent are the most important part of the calculus, especially in our business model. Whatever comes next is a distant second, in my opinion. However, to attract and retain the best talent, The company has to have a fantastic culture. Everyone talks about culture, but I don't think all companies approach the cultivation and nurturing of culture in a way that we do. It's an obsession for us. You know, I look at culture a lot like farming. You know, it it takes persistent work, even in drought or less than ideal um, weather conditions or floods. You just never stop working on the farm if the outcome you're looking for is to bear the fruits that you're looking to harvest. A company that wants to be a, a company that someone wants to be a part of to dedicate 30 to 40% of their day to is something we invest a lot of time and energy in doing. And Sasha, if talent will follow if a company has great culture and more importantly, talent will stay. That's so beautifully said. You could almost have been a Poet, Michael, I'm not sure if you're not one. <laughs> no, I believe strongly in it. And I think it comes through through my words. I have worked for many companies that had vision statements on the walls, in the pantry, when you enter theirs, their vision, their mission, and yet the organization itself doesn't really live by it. And that's something I work very hard to make sure that is congruent in our organization. And that authenticity you know, people see through it and that's what they respect. So I'm, I'm really glad that uh, PBG has a leader uh, such as yourself. Shifting gears a little bit from, I guess, people to the technology pieces. I mean, these are the two sides of the same coin today as the boundaries are blurring in, in some ways between people, processes and technologies. So how, what kind of technology stack or architecture do you actually conceive to support these kind of global operations? That's a really good question. And there's a bit of dichotomy here. So in our world, when we transact for our clients, we have very little impact 
or influence on the technology that they use for us to execute on those transactions. Basically, we will follow whatever systems or technology that they're using. So I'll set that aside for a second. In our industry, though, it's connectivity or technology supporting stable fast connectivity is mission critical. This is then followed by information security technology providing transactional and perimeter security controls, followed by process automation tools such as RPA, I think is starting to have a prominent position in our technology stack as well. So from a transactional technology, we don't have a lot of influence in that. We have to be good at and know of all the typical transaction technologies that are used within our industry. But in terms of our own technology, believe it or not, talent's only half the equation. It's connectivity and technology such as Ariaka that makes a difference in our execution of our mission. By the way, communication tools such as Microsoft Teams and learning management systems for training are essential supporting technologies as well. So I think you kind of need to look at these different technology elements and connect the dots in a way, literally speaking. Mm -hmm. Just speaking about the importance of connectivity, you, you mentioned in an earlier conversation that the internet wasn't good enough when you looked at different things. Could you comment on why that is so? As I mentioned earlier, connectivity and technology that supports stable, fast connectivity is vital. You know, while we're able to tap talent regardless of geography, it's certainly a great business proposition. But if you cannot provide that talent that you found in whatever geography in the world, stable, consistent, fast connection, to be able to perform the transactions at a cycle time that is better, or at least not worse, than your clients. If you can't do that, it doesn't work. So access to talent is only possible with exceptional network connectivity. And and so it's incredibly vital, Sashi. And connectivity was a big theme in the last 12 months, perhaps more so than any other time in history as everybody had to shift their connectivity models. Yes. So Michael, as we kind of went through the pandemic, and I, I, I think all of us are still going through it in several waves, how did your company deal with this in terms of any shift to the operational model or uh, your workforce deployment and their connectivity needs. Uh, could you just comment on that? Sure. Gosh, you know, much like the rest of the world, we found ourselves transitioning to a remote work environment, pretty much wholesale in, in not a matter of weeks, days, specifically three business days. So since March 2020, our entire workforce has been working from home. We had to revise how we conducted everything from talent acquisition, training and onboarding, socializing, culture building, performance management, client management, and production management. One lesson we learned early on, though, Sashi, was that we needed to make quick decisions, but remain committed to making equally fast course corrections if needed. There's no playbook for going remote work wholesale for an entire organization in that matter of days. So as a result, our decision-making process in a way became agile and we were able to support our operations and people successfully, and we still do. Taking care of our people was a guiding principle. We knew that if we did that right, everything else would uh, fall into place. So in terms of connectivity, the way we were able to get around that is our production operations connected to our VPN. And then by doing that, 
they were connected to the services of our Yaka and our internet connectivity. And, and so the latency that we experienced was similar to when they were in the office. So thankfully, we didn't experience any reduction in cycle time, uh, increase in cycle time or productivity loss as a, in a process. So we're very fortunate about that. Yeah, congratulations to you and your team. You know, the, these things are never easy, and I imagine you'd have to invent the playbook in real time um, <laughs> and then figure out what's working and what's not. So, you know, huge kudos to all of uh, all of you and your team. I, I just wanted to touch upon, you know, this aspect of workflow changes. You know, when somebody is used to working in an office environment, you know, there is a different sort of security and privacy construct that may already be hardened. But when you shift to this kind of a remote workforce, did you have to do anything different to ensure, you know, data privacy requirements or regulatory requirements are met? Because you, you, I imagine you deal with a lot of sensitive information. We do. This was, in fact, a significant concern and challenge to overcome. This was a concern of our clients and it was ours as well. While all of our transactions were still being performed within our client's network environment through Citrix, remote desktop, VPN, what we lost in going into a remote work environment was perimeter security control. So our approach to mitigate this was multifaceted, and this is still evolving to this day. One, we deployed active track on workstations to track any behavior or activities that are not approved or might introduce compliance risks, such as going into certain websites that are not permitted. ActiveTrack sends alerts to our compliance team immediately when this behavior occurs. And also it has a feature of blocking websites that we enabled. Two, we increased the number of our internal auditors who do random audits of our workforce. This is both a video audit to examine the physical work environment on a random basis, as well as a hardware audit. What do they have in their systems and look at certain history of transactions? Three, we required all employees to go through our own VPN network. And that, that allowed us to continue to have some of the controls in our firewalls, et cetera, to be engaged. Right now though, we're also testing a new piece of technology that has promise. So it has facial recognition and can monitor the workspace around the employee for mobile or prohibited devices in the perimeter, and it would automatically lock the computer. So we're testing that and, and hopefully uh, have that deployed in a few weeks. That's fascinating. I think that's another playbook in the works there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you, we prefer to have everybody back to the office, but since that's not feasible for a while, I think thankfully there are pieces of technology that if you put them together, there's only so much you can do in terms of addressing perimeter security. But transactional security is something we were able to attack uh, early on when we moved to remote work. Now, Michael, you being a longstanding Ariaka customer, we're very full to you for that. You mentioned to me in one of our earlier conversations that you found the company by doing a search on Google. <laughs> you, do you recall what you're searching for? Yes, I actually did. We did find you in Google. I remember I was one of the ones who were actually doing the search and uh, because I was a bit impatient with our technology folks. You know, we didn't really know what we were looking for exactly and started to look for organizations who could possibly provide cloud-based wide area networks. We didn't even know it existed. Ariaka's name came up in the search. So congratulations to your search optimization team, by the way. And that's how the relationship started. We were looking for a provider to optimize our connectivity. 
to our clients' data centers in the U.S. because our clients were located all over. And so we were experiencing significant latency across the multiple hops our traffic had to go through and needed a solution pretty fast. And so that's how the relationship started. True story. I'll, I'll be sure to pass on congratulations to my team for the search on, um, engine optimization thing. <laughs> but uh, now that you found the company, what's your experience been like? Is the problem that you're looking to get resolved, is it solved? Can you talk about that a bit? Sure, yeah. Ariaka has been and continues to be a great partner for us. You know, from day one of implementation, everything that was promised was delivered. And in today's world, that experience is becoming a rare one. But that's when we truly experienced when we implemented Ariaka. Implementation was fast, relatively pain-free. If we experienced any pain, it was more around the things that we couldn't do in a timely manner on our end. And since implementing your Ariaka solution, our downtime is pretty much non-existent. And the quality of our connection improved by at least 50%. And for one client, connection improved by 100%. You can imagine this has been a great experience for us and our employees. So uh, you're going to laugh, Sashi, but this is the difference pre-Ariaka. When you walked through the operational floor, you would hear a lot of clicks. And what it was, out of frustration, our employees would basically pound their mouths on the desk in some weird fashion, thinking that it might speed things up. And that was a constant noise you would hear. When we implemented Ariaka, that noise went away. That's not a technology metric I could give you, but I don't know of a better test on how well it worked than that. Oh my God, that is one of the most interesting tidbits of information I have received about Ariaka's experience. And I think we're going to go, you know, make that uh, a big deal then. <laughs> we talk about click to connect. This is the opposite of it. <laughs> Was cost a big deal for you, Michael, in making a decision? How did the cost aspects work out? You know, we knew that building our own data center on the West Coast and the East Coast to take care of our needs was not an option, you know, not just from an initial cost standpoint, right, but a maintenance, ongoing maintenance standpoint. It also was in our expertise. Ariaka's cloud-based services offered the best solution for us. Not only was it more cost-effective, but it also allowed us to convert what would have been an incredibly expensive CapEx to an OPEX cost. And, and to us, that was, that was a deal breaker. So yes, definitely cost was a major decision point. That's very interesting. And I, I, I can imagine it's a bit difficult to you know, look at cost structures, especially when you're um, dealing with you know, connectivity stacks and all of that. But it looks like you got the model right. Michael, you know, you're um, a leader, you're a technologist. If I were to ask you, let's say post-pandemic, looking ahead into the next few years, what are some of the key technology elements or business practices that excite you, that you are looking to bring in? Could you co comment a bit about something that really is interesting for you in the years ahead? Sure, sure. You know, here's a sad fact. Employee benefits is pretty much administered the same way today as it was 20 years ago, perhaps with just some webification of enrolling into a plan process. You know, I've been doing this for, let's just say, over 30 years. 
and it hasn't changed much. There hasn't been a lot of technology-based innovation in our space, primarily due to regulations, lack of standardization in data and systems, and among employers, among other things. What I'm excited about is the adoption of RPA in this industry. It has a very low adoption rate today, primarily because it's pretty much impossible to deploy RPA end-to-end in a workflow. And so usually that discourages this industry from deploying RPA as a viable, innovative solution. However, I think while it may be a slow crawl, it will be, in my opinion, the technology that will bring some relief to this traditionally labor and transaction-heavy business sector. It's definitely prime for innovation, but there's just too many stakeholders and too many disparate systems that I think true innovation and technology is going to take a little longer still. But I predict RPA is going to be the middleware, if you will, between that full innovation, hopefully in my lifetime, and what's today. Yeah, I think um, you captured something very significant there. This industry is certainly going through positive change in terms of supplementing uh, humans with uh, RPA and Mm -hmm. maybe uh, artificial intelligence-based tools. And unfortunately, it's a bit fragmented today with most of these solving point problems. And for somebody like you that is really looking at an end-to-end workflow, you you probably want to see more consolidation in the value chain get expanded. That's probably when you, you derive the maximum benefit. I'd like to see that more consistently applied in this industry. It certainly needs some relief soon. So yeah, something. So this is a note to all the RPA vendors out there. <laughs> well, Michael, first of all, it's customers like you that make it really worthwhile for companies and businesses like us. You're the reason we exist. It has been a pleasure talking to you. You're an authentic leader. You're a technologist, and you encapsulate all of these so beautifully in how you communicate things. So. We're really thankful for the time that you spent with us. And um, we hope to have you again in another format to share more of your thoughts and learnings and best practices soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me as well. Have a good one. Take care.